Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-Tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. Me, I'm Mark. Yo, sono Justin. I don't know enough of foreign languages to say whether or not Mark or Justin were wrong in there, but yes, they're both here, too. <laughs> um, today, we are going to be wrapping up my North Country journey by visiting Battle Hill Brewing Company out of Fort Ann, New York. And Fort Ann is one of those tiny little towns that if you blink, you missed it. I was going to say, I didn't even know that was a fucking place. Um, and my wife and I found this brewery completely on accident. So one of the things that I haven't gotten a chance to do nearly as much as I would enjoy doing is hiking. And hiking an actual like mountain. So going up to... Uh, Lake George, there are a number of peaks in the area, yep. and I decided that we were going to do Black Mountain, which is turns out to be the highest peak of the mountains that immediately surround Lake George. It's if you're familiar with the area, it's the it's on the east coast of the lake, um, just north of the Narrows. So that's the point where the lake kind of pinches in a little bit, and there's a ton of all these little islands in there. It's a really nice hike. It's a little. Uh, it's a little physical, but it's about a seven-mile hike, and it's a really nice physical. Set. Yes, we physical. can do it. You beat me to it. Um, <laughs> and when we were driving by on the way to the trailhead, we saw this brewing company, and we decided that, you know what? On the way home, if we're tired and a little sore, we should have a beer. So I think it was a sound plan. Um, stopping in there, it's a little place, a little restaurant. It's kind of new. They've only been around since about 2014 or so. Um, they really got started once the um, farm brewing contract uh, incentives came around. Yeah. So that was kind of the impetuous to make a brewery. So um, I actually don't have any inf- – they don't have information on the website of who their founders are or anything like that. So whoever you are, kudos to you. And if you hear this, give us a shout-out. Let us know. Yeah. Um, we'd love to give you the the due props that you deserve. Um, so stopped in, had a flight, had a little snack. And I brought a couple beers back to share with you guys. I like it. The first one of the night that we're going to try is the Fort Ann Amber, uh, obviously named after their hometown of Fort Ann. And it's an amber ale that comes in at 5.2% ABV. Okay. So pretty straightforward. I believe it's just kind of really a uh, an exercise in style. I mean, I think they hit the, the color pretty much right on the head, huh? Yeah, definitely amber in color. Yeah, I would certainly say so. The smell for me, the aroma is, uh, um, it's a malty aroma, but with a little hint of hops in it too. Uh, I don't know if I pick up any hops, but I was struggling for words to describe what little aroma there is, and malty is definitely appropriate. Yeah, I, I had a little, a little. Um, I had tasted it as well. I smelled it again. I'm definitely not getting the hops on the uh, on the aroma. You're right. The taste for me, though. Um, it's a little harsh. I don't know how else to describe it. I'm trying to to figure it out. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. As you, um, it has a sharp bitterness. Yeah, that really is, um, becomes prominent at the end of the sip. To me, yeah. Um, I didn't pick oh, up this. Yeah, you. Wow. <laughs> I I actually like the beginning of the sip. I me think too. it's pretty good. And ambers are a style that I enjoy, but I just think it has a little too much bite at the end there. I almost rather it be the reverse. I'd rather it be sharp in the front and then clean that off with the sweet. 
then hit me at the end of the end of that. Like it's just not where I want that taste in it. This is, I mean, honestly, this is like an. I mean, to me, an amber is supposed to be malt forward, right? And I don't. It, it doesn't. Uh, I don't get that with this. I, I get the hop. The, the hops. I mean, at the front of the sip, you do get the malt. Yeah. So I guess in that case, it's forward. But all I'm left with is is the hop bitterness. I shouldn't say hot bitterness. I'm just going to say bitterness because I don't, you know. Yeah. It's not like I can discern a specific hop or anything. But the the end of my palate, it's just a very sharp, knife-like bitterness. And it really does linger. Yeah. It doesn't go away. I'll be honest. I'm not getting it as much as you two guys are seem to be getting it of that sh- real sharpness. But I know it is present. Um, it It's kind of like the bitterness is like, I don't know, an mm-hmm. ice pick. And somebody's dragging it from the back of my throat towards the my lips. Okay. Like after every sip. And I will, but I will say this again. You know, we poured probably you know four or five ounces or so. Right. As I drink it, and I'm expecting it. Yeah. Because again, when I get an amber, yeah, I'm definitely not expecting that. No okay. matter what happens, I don't think that anybody would expect that level of um, uh, sharp bitterness. Right. I'm not saying it's, I, that I like it, but I'm I'm not as um it's not as uh, abrupt, okay as I expect it. I think this is one of those things where you expect a certain thing when someone says a certain word like amber, right? And it's it just isn't really that. I understand where you're coming with that. Um, I'm just like I said, I just I'm just not perceiving it quite as harshly as you guys are with it. Um, I mean, and I mean that in how intense the flavor is. Like it's just not showing up to me that much. Um, but that being said, I think as far as ambers go, for me, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty decent one. I've had, I've had worse. I don't know. That's not really a great compliment to something, <laughs> but, um, I think it's a pretty it's good. definitely exa- not the worst one I've had. I think it's a pretty good example of style, but I think it's really a, an elementary level of the beer. You know, yeah. I feel like. We ran it maybe the, since they are such a new brewery. Maybe it is one of the first times that we've they've brewed in amber. Um, I know they're working on a fairly small system. They're only working on like a seven barrel system. So it's you know over the course of three years. I know you can churn out a lot, but they may not have yet. Um, so I would say that this one is a start of this is a start of a beer that might be really good once you refine it. For me, I think I'm going to go with a pint on it. Yeah, I can't. I can't go past the taster. It um, the bitterness just the the, the end the, the end flavor for me just doesn't uh, doesn't compute. You know, again, I I really I genuinely believe that it's a it's a well made beer that that percent the perception of an amber for me just it, they don't match up. You know, it's kind of like when you go you go to pick up a milk jug and you think it's full and all of a sudden you you you, you know jerk the thing like a foot in the air. You're like, oh oh my god, what happened? Right. <laughs> Yeah, I understand. How about you, Mark? What are you thinking? Well, first, I'm going to take you on a field trip of what just went through my mind. Okay. Kevin, you in the said, beginning. Kevin, you said elementary. Yes. And the only thing I could think of is the Sherlock Holmes thing on ABC with Lucy Liu. Yes. My brother actually works on that show. Oh, okay. Not that I've ever seen it, but I am aware that it is a thing that exists. And yes. then that reminded me of uh, an Onion video piece. Okay. That I remember seeing on Facebook pop up a few times where it was uh, Asian-American actors complaining that they're always typecast as Sherlock Holmes. Okay. I'm with you so far, but I want you to understand, Justin, that like these are the kind of conversations I have with Rachel all the time. Okay. Carry on. 
That, that's basically it. Okay. So Asian characters. Asian, Asian actors complaining that they're always typecast as Sherlock Holmes. So okay. let me get this straight. That doesn't wrap around to the beer at all. You just put on that whole fucking... He said elementary. I said yeah. the word elementary. That's that really was it. Oh, okay. That was all I needed. He all just right. spiraled off. So what do you think about the beer, Mark? Yeah. I mean, I'm getting called a pint. Okay. All, all right. Yeah. Crazy. Let's get back to the fucking okay. now. Okay. <laughs> Not these like crazy, probably half lucid dreams you're having around one thirty. Yes. Um... You know, it's. I think it's a, like I. I think the real point for me is that it's an okay beer, and it's something that I think if you refine it a little bit, maybe you run a few more, you know, run it through a few more times, you might be able to. I think it's going to be. I think it can grow into something better. I would also love to hear the flavor text or like what they were going after because they might have. Yeah. They might have hit this out of the park for what they were trying That's to do. True. Um, I don't think there's any on the bottle, and I couldn't find it on the web on their website. Um, it might have been their seasonal release that they maybe have stopped making for now. So could be. Yeah, the, there's um, as I was there in the um, no flavor text on the bottle. Yeah, as I was there, kind of in the um, middle of September, about a month ago already. It was a little bit. It, you know, you probably had the end of the fall of the late summer, early fall season stuff going on. The next one that we're going to try is the Burgoyne's Red, named after General Burgoyne of the British Army, who served in the New York, upstate New York area during the Seven Years' War and the um, American Revolution. Um, this is a red. It is 5.3% ABV and has citrus hops and grains in it. So reds tend to have a little bite to them also. Yes, um, they definitely do. You know, and that... and that even though it's brewed by uh Coors, um Killian's Irish Red was one of the first like non non light lagers. Yeah, non non American lagers that I had that I was like, Oh, this is kind of interesting. So um I'll say the artwork on the bottles are kinda of interesting. They have some uh Yeah, the label artwork is nice. Yeah, they have a nice very uh retro patriotic theme of uh red, white and blue with you know, the stars and some laurels on there and the one of burgoyne has a uh drawn portrait of him it's got a couple of rolling cannons on there little howitzers <laughs> the uh the color on this is i would Nails say it on copper yeah i would say <laughs> copper is pretty much straight up yeah where we're at. it has a nice uh multi sweet aroma yes agreed i took a little sip but flavor wise it definitely delivers on the malt but we still have a little bit of, and again, as you should have in a in a, a red, um, a hop finish. I'd love to know what hop it, what hop is in it. It's pretty um, interesting. Oh, oh sorry geez. about that. My apologies. Kevin's <laughs> cheersing his microphone. If you're drinking reason. a couple of beers, sometimes where you move the mic, it's a little iffy. <laughs> and by the mic, I mean the glass that hit into the mic. Um, so their um, their flavor text board says the British are coming. Amber in color, citrus hops, and the grain are on the nose. English malts and caramel are balanced by citrus hop flavors and bitterness. Okay. I feel like it's a lot of words that didn't say a whole lot, but okay. <laughs> I mean, um, but yeah, definitely. This is much more pleasing to me on the palate than the the amber in. Yes. This this has yeah. a, a sort of lingering sweetness to it that the, the amber doesn't have. I agree. And even though the... the uh, it has a pretty strong bitterness. The lingering sweetness kind of balances that out. Yeah. 
And I get a little bit of that citrusy floral feeling in the, yeah, in but the it, front of the sip as well, it, which helps to provide that sweetness. It's it's much, uh, but the overall hop character is much more subdued than the amber. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I would. Um, I, that, that's a very um, accurate way of putting it. The this is a pretty good red. You know, I'm not a I'm not always a big fan of reds. I don't really yeah. like Killian's very much. Right. I don't love this beer, but I definitely definitely appreciate, um, especially the malty portion of the portion of the beer. Yeah. And then I really would like to know what, like I said, I want to know what hop that is. I I, I like it. Like I like the, the little bit of hop flavor. It's a complex right. hop flavor. I feel like it's definitely one hop. No, this is really good. It, it definitely reminds me of uh, the craft cares from earlier in the year. Yes, a little stronger bitterness, but yeah. I I don't know if I quite re- recall it to the to the craft cares, but I think it's a good example of a solid red ale and you know, it's something that I don't want that I like that I like drinking and I can see having a cup having a couple of these. I think as you continue to drink there's that sweetness up front that's tasty, a little bit of hop bite to balance it all out to keep it from getting really um cloying too sharp yeah but also from you know being too cloying on the sweetness so i think if you wanted an example of the red style i would and you told me that you know and put this up there i think you could say that it's a good example of the style yes i definitely agree um so for me on the on the um burgoyne's red I think I'm going to go with a bomber on Burgoyne's Red. I can ha- I can see myself drinking a couple of these, um, you know, especially if I'm sitting down and having a, a long meal. I could be drinking these while we're hanging out at the at the restaurant. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a pint. I think that uh, for me the style isn't quite up my alley, and I think it's a very good version of it. Um, it's uh, it's actually one of the better for my palate. One of the better reds I've had. I don't I'm not. Um, making a judgment on it as a as an actual you know style but i enjoy it more than i enjoy most reds i'm gonna side with kevin on this one and call it a bomber i could definitely enjoy myself through two glasses after that though i'm gonna be looking for something else on my palate but two glasses certainly Ah, 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 ah. Ah, ah, i agree ah, ah. so the last one that we're going at here is called their grains of liberty and um, the Grains of Liberty uh, set. I couldn't really. Feel, I'm sorry. I'm bashing this <laughs> shit out of this fucking microphone. This is what happened. Three is the sweet spot. Can yeah. we agree that three episodes? Kevin's the microphone sweet spot? has never seen him so drunk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank God the cats aren't here. <laughs> um, so Grains of Liberty. I'm not sure exactly what kind of style. Yeah, this they is would like call. a super mystery beer. <laughs> it really is a mystery beer. Um, it comes in at. 4.9% ABV, but their text on it just says, an all-grain and honey session ale brewed in conjunction with area farmers using fresh local ingredients, pale straw in color, hints of rye, wheat, oats, corn, honey, and spicy flavor profile. I feel like this is going to be the rough ex- the rough description of what we of the of the second running's beer that we're going to make. Yeah. I just... <laughs> Not I, the corn and everything, I just mean the, the, this, the style of description. I don't. I don't know. I. I really have no. I. I don't remember if I had this one when I visited them, and I just don't remember exactly what it tastes like. So I'm draw, kind of drawing a blank on that. Um, 
while you guys discuss the color and the nose, I'm going to look back and see if I can find the picture from it, maybe find a little bit more info. Well, my glass is empty right now. Oh, so. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, typically, I, yeah, he, I had, thought, he had water in his glass when he, when he passed gotcha. it along. Um, I, I have I have some aroma information. It aroma smells, info, lay it, it on. It smells fucking great. You definitely get honey on the aroma. Um, I get a little bit of uh, spiciness there. It's uh, it's a hazy hazy gold is what I would call it. Yeah, it's definitely not straw in color. It's uh, a little bit darker than that. So, um, gold. I think you're correct there, Justin. On that, I'm getting fucking good at this. Uh, I have no technology for those listening at home. Um, I'm not uh, looking at the chart, but it, the the carbonation on it looks really nice too. All right. So looking it's, back, it I'm very sorry. much smells uh, sweet and yeah. honey like. Um, they tell us that it's a 4.9 percent ABV and 26 IBUs, and a multi-grain session ale. Um, oh, and then it's kind of the same, man. same setup. Um, just to go back, because I'm realizing that I had some more info, so I apologize no, for not right. having that at hand earlier. But the Ford Am- Amber um, was 5.25 ABV and 28 IBUs, and they listed it as our first seasonal dedicated to the history and people of the town we're located in. Roast- roasted toasted malts lend a faint coffee flavor. Local hops and just the right amount of bitterness and flavor. Finishes smooth. I think we disagreed on the smooth finish there. Yeah. Um, but that's the info that they had for that. But I was right on the on the um, seasonal stuff. If by smooth they mean slicing off all the taste buds of my tongue, then if yes. it's a smooth cut, can you really complain about it? <laughs> no, you can't. Okay. Then and finally on the Burgoyne's Red, um, five point three ABV at twenty three IBUs. Um, English malts and American hops, citrus hops, grain. Uh, on the nose with flavors of Maris Otter, Caramel, and Munich Malts. Creamy mouthfeel. It's got Maris Otter in it. No wonder we love it. We love Maris Otter. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, We're going to put 12 pounds of it in the Imperial Stout tomorrow. Oh, I cannot wait to try that. I, I really it. cannot. Um, so, I'll, well, I'm sorry. Could, what were you guys saying on the uh, on the nose with it? I definitely I get, get the yeah. honey on the aroma. Yeah, little bit of I get a little a, t- a small bit of spice character like at the very end of the the, the smell, very it little. It Smells almost like it would be like a like it's almost got like a saison thing going on. Yeah, like I think kind that, of that nose. I don't really pick that up. No, no. Just I, mo- a t- I tiny, mostly tiny get honey. I, no, honey is the predominant thing. Yeah. It's very, very, very little at the end. I had a I had a sip of it. It has sweetness, um, and then. Very smooth finish, and then a little tiny bit of of uh, bitterness at the end. It's, yeah, I, I really like it. Yeah, yeah, the the bitterness at the end kind of helps re uh, refresh your palate and make you want to go back for that next step. Yeah, this is. I mean, again, the the B word really well balanced. Yeah. Um, what's the alcohol on this one? This one is five two four nine. Wow, okay. four point nine. So it's. Really sessionable. Yeah. Pardon me. I, um, I couldn't, from the aroma and taste, I couldn't tell if it was straight up sessionable or sneaky. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting to hear seven, like 7.6 seven, or... Yeah, I feel like the uh, sweetness in there yeah, could, could be that hidden high alcohol that's like... Right, hey, especially with the honey. Yeah. With the honey in there, the honey can drive up the alcohol, but... Uh, 
It's hides also it. it hides it. Yeah. yeah, it's also completely fermentable, so that mm-hmm. you know it still will finish dry. So I wasn't yeah. sure. And that's the word I was waiting to get out is that it's, it has a dry sweetness to it. It's not well, dry and sweet are the opposite, right? Um, yeah, but, but it, it's, you it's, have it's, the perception of sweetness, but it, it is not it finishes cloyingly dry. sweet. Right. right, right, exactly. So what, Mark? You did a better job explaining my brain than I did at that moment. Thank you. High five. Air high five. There we go. Um, I'm not very good at snapping with the left hand. It happens. Um, but this one I think is really... This one's interesting. As sim- as straightforward and simple as the Ford Ann Amber and the Burgoyne's Red that we had were at start, I feel like this one is like, hey, maybe they like they hit their stride and started like getting a little creative and getting some complexity in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's also one of the things that I, I think about when I think about a, a brewery, like, a small brewery like this. Yeah, is the stuff that they choose to bottle right are usually going to be like straight up styles. Yeah, because that's what they're going to be able to sell the most of. You oh know, yeah. and be able to keep around. I'm looking at their board now, and I see that they have um, a bourbon maple porter that they have on tap. That sounds tasty. Something uh, in autumn. There's a war whoop IPA, which obviously we wouldn't be like totally into. That is um. They were big fans of that up there. They were like, "Yeah, hey!" It, like when I was talking with the the waits with the uh, bartender, they're like, "Oh, you, you want to try the War Whoop?" Um, I did not like it. Shelving you. something called Shelving Rock Falls. Um, but I mean, you know, they obviously they have a bunch of other stuff there, and um, you know, being able to take that home, I don't, you know, we don't know exactly where they're at in terms of. Uh, complexity because they you know i don't know that there's a lot of complex beers they're going to end up bottling they right. a, lot of, a lot of effort for them to to package i don't imagine they have a you know going to have much of a wide distribution even for the area but this one is a very complex um beer you can you know as you keep taking it you can take a little bit more away from each sip yeah easily i definitely i can pick out some corn um you said there was oats in here as well. Yeah, there was some oat. They they basically oats, threw the rye, uh, they, yeah they threw a little bit of everything in this one. This was like we have half yeah. a sack of this left. We have <laughs> yeah. I think that might have been the is there quinoa? <laughs> no quinoa. No quinoa. Um, I will say that I remember trying the cocoa porter and thinking it was pretty good, and then not having it in bottles and me being a little upset. And the other one that was re- that was good was the Hessian ale. I was going to ask what the Hessian was. Um, the Germans. The Hessian was kind of somewhere between a. Saison- is it a Lichtenhammer? No, I don't even know what that is. Um, it was somewhere between a saison and a Martin. Hmm, that's interesting. Like it was. Yeah, and they named that after that. I, I believe they named that after the Hessian like soldiers from Revolutionary War, and they kind of like keep a lot of Revolutionary War theme going on with this whole place. What was the autumn? I'm assuming that's that. Was it a pumpkin beer? Did you have that? that and they didn't there? have okay. that when I was up there. Yeah. Um, when I was up there, they had the Grains of Liberty, the Shelving Rock Falls, which I don't remember if I had. What was it? The sampler was four beers, so I had the. Um, the amber, the red, the porter, and the Hessian ale. Um, 
I don't remember if I tried. I might have tried a little sip of the Queen Anne, which was their wheat, um, their watermelon wheat that they did. That sounds good. Um, it was all right. Um, but you know, I th- unfortunately, I it's I really don't remember too much of it, and I wish I did. Um, I was a little exhausted from hiking. I was going to say you just hiked, so yeah. Um, which I'll give you. I'll make sure I post one of the pictures of the view from the top of the mountain. It's completely worth it. Um, but the Hessian ale, I just remember was kind of cool. It was like a, it had a little bit of a peppery bite to it. And so when you get that pepperiness that you sometimes get with the Saison's, um, you had that, but then you also had that nice caramel sweetness to it. So it kind of balanced out between it. I thought it was a pretty cool beer. Um, but again, they didn't have it in bottles. So unfortunately I couldn't bring it back to you guys. Because yeah, see, yeah, with the, it wasn't. It would not last a month sitting in a in a growler. No, and that, that's sort of what I think about. I think about places like um, Dubco and uh, one of the in 1940s, and right. you know the beers they tend to package tend to be an IPA or you know things they know right. they're going to move. Yeah. So I think it's probably something similar here. The ones that you're able to bring home mm-hmm. it may not showcase all of the all of the variety that you're able right. to get there. Um, but you know it's it's a little out of the way. Um, but if you're being bold enough to maybe do a loop around, uh, Lake George, um, and you're going up the east side of it, um, the west side of it is the one that's much more populated. Um, well, yeah, it's also the side that the throughway goes up. Right, exactly. So the throughway goes up that way and it's, and it's got, and if you stay right by the lake, that's when you hit like all the, like the ritzy little towns like Bolden Landing and all those places. Um, you know, the old famous resorts were up on that west side of the of the uh, lake and the east side of the lake is much more flat it's kind of weird because it's the edge of the mountains you kind of hit the mountains and then you go flat and it's empty and now all of a sudden you're kind of like in that rolling hills that go all the way through west you know go through western massachusetts and into vermont new hampshire so it's kind of cool um but if you happen to be passing by and you're going through Fort Ann for some reason and you just need a little uh, pit stop, you know, stopping in at uh, Battle Hill is a pretty good idea. The um, the grains the grains of liberty for me I think are really cool. I'm gonna go with a bomber on the grains of liberty. Um, it's complex enough that I want to come back for a second one, but I think the sweetness is probably gonna keep me from going for more than two. How about you, Justin? I'm going with the bomber also. I feel like the complexity is wor- same thing. The complexity is worth having more than one of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't just don't think I want more than more than two in a sitting. You know, yeah. I, I can see getting a couple of bombers and, and sharing it with people, and I think it's a yeah. it's a really interesting uh, concept, especially with all the ingredients they have. And it's also interesting that, like Mark said, we get a little bit of the corn, you get the honey, you can sort of pick out. Yeah, there's a little some, wheat some, texture in it. Like some of the ingredients, of yeah. You know, mild spice from the rye floating around in there. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go a little bit higher than you guys and call it a growler. Alright. Uh, uh, you love I, you love you some honey beers. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Like the like I love the honey character in here. I love the complexity of the the multiple varieties of malt. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, I could really enjoy myself through a growler of this contemplating it as i drink yeah i think it's um 
I think this one's definitely the winner of the three that we tried. No today. doubt. Yeah. Um, for sure. And you know, yeah. I think that if if they're working, to, if they're working towards making beers that are closer to Greens of Liberty than the Fort Ann, like I think they're going the right path. Um, yeah, and sometimes there's a miss. It happens, you know. Um, not everything you brew works out exactly how you want it to. I know that. Yep. Um, in damn R.I.P. That, damn Cactus Pyramid. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what I was going to say. We literally verbatim what I was going to say. <laughs> My Cactus Pyramid? Yeah. Really? You you're going to hose on me right there? I was. I'm sorry. I don't remember the Cactus Mr. Pyramid. Mr. Shetlery beer? <laughs> Listen, that was the first beer I ever brewed. Ever. <laughs> Damn it! It did taste like celery too, um, but yes, the uh, the kick is that was the uh, celery that was is the, not the flavor. That was the acetaldehyde um, debacle, right? No, the 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 cactus pear uh, mead was full on phenolic. Oh yeah, yeah, at uh, bad oxidation. Yeah. So, if anyone's brewed more than one batch of beer and some of those that have brewed one batch of beer failed somewhere along the lines it it happens to the best of us yes and the worst of us like me yeah but battle hill it's a pretty cool place um good spot for a bite to eat if you're stopping through um you know definitely a, a burgers and fries kind of joint so definitely stop by if you're heading through on the west on the east coast of lake george um and that one's gonna be the last that's the last of the ones that i was able to bring back um my wife was also like I, I think I mentioned in a previous episode. My wife was awesome enough to stop at like six different breweries over the course of the week, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to bring back stuff from all of them. Um, there was one that I will say there was nothing worth bringing back, so I won't even mention them. Um, but one that I wish I was able to bring back from was called Druthers, and they are located in Saratoga, and they are awesome. They don't really bottle, or they, they they distribute kegs to like local bars and restaurants and stuff. They only have like bottles and cans, of like one or two of their thing, uh, their flavors. But if you ever are in Saratoga, you need to stop in and Druthers. It's probably the only non-hoity-toity pretentious place in the whole fucking neighborhood. Um, you know, like you don't need your, you know your. Your ascot. You don't need your ascot and salmon shorts to go walk into this place, <laughs> and they have an awesome selection of mac and cheese on the Ooh. menu. Like the food is really good, and the bar is the beers are awesome. The stuff that they brewed. Um, so I would say check out Druthers as well if you're ever in that neck of the woods. Yeah, I enjoyed my long weekend up there uh, for uh, my mini moon. Right. And uh, I, I don't think Druthers was a thing that existed right. when we were up there back then. Well, it's funny for Druthers because they ha- it's very similar. Like if you're going to uh, Northport, um, Sand City. Yeah. Um, how there's just like an archway of metal. <laughs> <laughs> on an alleyway. Yeah. Like you're just like, hold on, we're going to go. But, but like, you, come, come in here. You definitely won't get You can walk <laughs> yeah. past three times. Yeah. I, it definitely needed me to stop a few times to turn around to get back to there. It looks like it should say free candy. <laughs> but um, for Druthers, they had this, like, a really but um, 
a hefe that was like super banana-y flavory. Like it was really crazy. Their Oktoberfest was delicious. Um, they had a Belgian white with pineapple and blood orange that was really creative. Yeah, Mark would have fucking vomited. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that sounds... You would have hated it, but it was... I, I thought it was a really interesting beer. I just pictured Mark from a living color. Hated it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we don't play that game. Yeah. The big one that they have is called the Fist of Karma Brown. Like, that's their one that they can a lot. Um, it's a very um, hop-forward brown ale. It's like American brown, yeah. Right, which I honestly wasn't a huge fan of. Well, hop-forward. I But, oh, sorry about that. My phone is telling me that I'm supposed to be in bed by now. Um, but they had a dry hop citrus sour that actually was really good. I like dry hop sours. Yeah, yeah. It is. so dry hop sours, especially with citra, are... Always very good. That one was a really nice one, and it happened to be a very hot day while we were up there. Like, it hit the spot. Yeah. But the be-all and end-all of their ones, that was the best, was their uh, Scottish-style 80. It was... Su- so we heavy, right? Yeah. I, no, uh, in a, I think an 80 is a, an 80. Okay. Yeah. Or, well, I... I forget the way they do them now. They in the the 2015 guidelines, it's not even by shillings. Yeah. Well, it was a silver medal at the World Beer Cup. Wow. And it's uh, I'm going to read the description of this one because it was so good. The caramel and subtle fruitiness dominate the aroma of this copper-colored ale. Sweet caramel malt flavors yield to a toasty malty finish. There's not much in the way of hops here. Silver award winner at the at the 2016 World Beer Cup, 5.2% ABV. Having that one, I was like, and Rachel also, we were like, this beer is awesome. And it was really, really good. So if you ever get a chance to be up that way, make sure you try that one out too. But yeah, Scotch Ale is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a, it's a style that people do sometimes that I haven't always enjoyed people doing it i think sometimes it gets over hopped and i don't like it but this one in particular was really great so if you ever find it go for it yeah so scottish ales in the 2015 guidelines go from scottish light to scottish heavy to scottish export yeah the the 80 is the export class right okay which is uh an og of 1040 to 1060 abv of 3.9 to 6 Mm mm-hmm Whereas the Scottish Heavy is uh, OG of 1035 to 1040 with an ABV of 3.2 to 3.9. Yeah. And the now, Wee Heavy. Where's the Wee Heavy falling? What's that? The one? Wee Heavy is 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 more than the uh, the 80. Okay. It start, it's, I'm reading now. It starts at 90 shilling. Okay. <clears throat> so that, for anybody who doesn't know, they used to measure the um, – it was the cost – Basically, well, it would give you the ABV. So if it was 60, 70, and 80, that's the shillings per, per, uh, per yeah, serving. Yeah, so the, the, the Scottish beers, again, going back to it, it's another one of those things where the individual styles came out of the way the actual beverage was taxed. Okay. So the number of shillings goes back to how much tax was paid on- per beer on the strength of it. Okay. 
Right. I wasn't sure if that was like on the grain, like it was a tax on the grain as they were making it or something along those lines. I don't remember the exact details of how the, the, you know, how it worked out in Scotland, but uh, it's not like uh, in Belgium where it was uh, on the amount, the taxation was on the amount of the, the malted grain, I think. Okay. Where so that's where the the Belgians developed their turbid mashing system with incorporating a large percentage of unmalted grains. Gotcha. Because get, the unmalted grains weren't taxed or always I, get around the tax. Yeah, man. I may yeah. be confusing things in my mind at this point because you know this is episode four. Right. But you know, many beer styles grew out of avoiding tax. brewers <laughs> trying to figure out. How can I scheme my way around the tax code? Exactly. And, and the wee heavy fits in at the uh, 6.5 or more. Okay. So. Well, I love the fact I you got I just love how the fact that they always try to find a way around the tax code. It's just like, yep, yeah, no. Tax what, are gonna, what are we going to do? Oh, okay, this we don't have to pay taxes on this. Yes, we're doing this. We're going to become right. great at this not paying taxes thing. Right. Um but that was kind of the whole thing. Going back to the Revolutionary War theme that they have at Battle Hill, that's kind of the whole plan, right? We don't yep. want to pay taxes. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, throw I think the it, tea in the harbor. On that note, we're going to go uh, dress up as some Native Americans and throw some tea into uh, Long Island Sound. And now that we're back, dumping a bunch of Earl Grey into Port Jeff Harbor, <laughs> we can discuss one of our recent adventures. Yes. It it really mixed beautifully with the effluent from the sewage treatment plant, I have to say. That's true. It really did. It made a very nice yeah, the, grayish green color. Yes. The, the, the bouquet was just <laughs> delightful. That delightful. It was, was outstanding. It reminded me of the time that the cesspool overflowed in my parents' backyard. <laughs> oh, there's nothing like Port Jeff Harbor on a on low tide. <laughs> but Justin and I got a chance to go to the Melville Marriott for the Nothing Wasted event. Yes. I don't know what I think there might be some more to that title, but essentially what happened is Beer Loves Company got in touch with Long Island Bagel Cafe to get a bunch of leftover bagels, spread them out through a variety of brewers on Long Island, and they incorporated those bagels into the mash for their beers. Yes, um yeah, there was uh, Spider Bite Greenport, Sand City, um Brewers Collective, Greenport yeah, I had them, and uh, Sand had, City. I said Sand City. I'm, go, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing the yeah. room, and I'm going around the I room. I wasn't there. I know. Um, that's why I was like, "Why are you interjecting?" Beer Loves <laughs> Company, of course, made one. Squarehead yes. made one. Yes, Squarehead. That's the one we forgot. And and Blind Bat also made one. Yes, right. Paul from Blind Bat. Paul from Blind Bat made it. So it was interesting. Um, let's see. Paul made one with a. With uh, everything, everything bagels, bagels, right? Yes, it which was Paul was, and Squarehead both did everything bagels, and he, right. he had done a, uh, um, a a Belgian pale ale, I believe. right? Which was very nice and light, and I, f- and there was just like the faintest hint as you finished the sip of this little bit of like everything seasoning in there, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I don't, I, I hate everything bagels. Like, I, I honestly, I really don't like anything seed wise on bagels, but it was really cool to get the the. It really did taste like that. It was yeah. really neat. Now the guys at Squarehead, they took the seasoning and they like scraped it off the bagel and put it in there towards the end, and it was really much more prominent. Much, much more prominent, and they they also I think they, theirs was an IPA. Yeah, and that one it wasn't my favorite of the night, but it was it was an interesting beer. Yeah, we, again the 
I just like the idea that they they got the essence of that style, that type of bagel in the beer. Yeah, you definitely felt like, oh, hey, there's an everything bagel present here. I would have picked out everything bagel. Yeah, no, that's pretty pretty cool. Um, one of my favorites for I think my favorite for the night was the Brewers Collective, who called Bagel Vision. <laughs> yes, which they used. Um, they used a couple different bagels in there. They used the rye bagels. They used uh, pumpernickel. pumpernickel bagels in there. And they created a quick kettle sour beer, which was really tasty. Yeah, yeah the, that, that did sound very good to me. That they, was, that they was had a, a badass drink. logo, too. That was a good drinking beer. It looked kind of yeah, like, like this. Like retro eight, 80s. Uh, yeah, like the 80s Viacom logo. And that was a drinking beer. Like I could. That's one that I wanted to have like on tap pretty far. I had I three or four of those. Yeah. <laughs> I, I came back a few times to them, and and Tim was very generous with his pours as well. The uh, so it was also a rye, a rye beer, and um, I wa- I really wish I could. I mean, they have actually they have this, or maybe not uh, when this airs. They did they, have it on tap. In the yeah, tap room. they did have it on tap in the tap room. But uh, the the story behind it was that Tim was milling grain right outside a- outside, <laughs> and he uh, <laughs> apparently the optimum cable came down and was like it fell and was like hanging almost into the mill. Like he kind of pushed it, as, pushed it aside, right? And he was thinking keep moving it in order to crank the mill. Yeah, he's like thinking of cable vision, and he he came up with bagel vision. So it's uh, like it. it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. That was really cool, and it was also um, definitely one of my favorites for the night. But um, probably the win. I, if they if this was a contest, and we had to assign a winner. I think the winner probably would have been the collab between uh, Barrage and Spider Bite, Raisin Sinners. Yeah, Raisin Sinners, which was a. Uh, that no, was Sinners. Sinners, yeah. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Which was a, a cinnamon raisin stout. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, it was just a, it's just cinnamon raisin bagel ale is how they have it listed, but yeah. it was a little on the darker side. Yeah, it was a, it was a dark ale. Um, it kind of came off almost like a winter warbler kind of yeah seasoning. Like it was very spicy and sweet and definitely warmed you from the inside. We got most of the the signs for these uh, beers were, were hand drawn. Oh yeah, it was the, great. Like yeah. or just like hope, just definitely clearly homemade signs. Yeah, yeah like I, Sand I, City. I saw. Yeah, I saw the pictures. Uh, I think you took Justin. Like one of them, it looks like somebody found a box on the side of the road. That was like that was marker. Squarehead. That was Squarehead. Everything yeah. and everyone has a name. Yeah, was the name of their name of their beer. It was actually they gave you a bunch of info. It, on looked, there. it, was, it looked like it might be like a ransom note. <laughs> was, yeah, their IPA actually was. Uh, they listed the hops in there: Summit, Nugget, Mosaic. So and uh, it was enjoyable, uh, especially you know for us for an for an IPA. Yeah. But yeah, San, some, C- uh, San City also had a uh, a, a pretty uh, pretty wonky sign that I thought was amusing. I don't know if I got a picture of that one. I don't remember which one they made though. It wasn't. It, they oh they called it oops I bailed my pants. Oh of course of course, of course they did right of exactly. They did. Well yeah I mean uh, that's why I was amazed that when they released that kettle sour recently that it wasn't called oops I soured my pants. Yeah. Mm. But. I don't. I don't really. I can't remember um, what really they served that way. And I did not get to the to the Blue Point beer. You mean uh, uh, Greenport? Blue Point. Greenport. Greenport. Port. Right. Yes. I Sleep can do deprivation. This. I can do this. Really. Ah, ah, ah. But the other really cool thing was that there were many local restaurants that were yeah, doing some pretty dope hors d'oeuvres to be had. Right. Yes. There was a uh, La Trattoria. There was Verde. Um, Bru- an amazing por- uh, pork rib oh, that God. tasted so like a, with really strong anise flavor to it. 
I could have. No, it was really good. Ugh. It was really, really good. Ugh. Oh, man. It was so um, good. And then uh, Brew Cheese was there with... Okay. A, with we have to definitely with, have to talk about this. With <laughs> a sandwich that I would have sex with. Oh, dude. <laughs> like, Listen, straight up. So here's the thing. It's all right. Like, so... Uh, the, the cool, the it's kind of funny that you talk about this, where like the joke is, you know, like put a bagel in the microwave with some butter and then like fuck the hole. So right. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have gone to the bagels. You, I would have. I would have had sex with the sandwich. And by the way, do you know that I've never heard that before? Never heard that. It, never well, once. I mean, it's referenced in a, an episode of Family Guy, which uh, is where I'm pulling it from. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. That's cool. As long as you're not pulling it from like real life experience. I, I don't remember. Mark's pulling it from no, Tuesday. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember how it, the setup is exactly, but like it, it's like alternate reality. Like, what would have happened if this didn't happen? And like Peter and Quagmire are like billionaires, <laughs> and Quagmire is like, "Well, I'm gonna go have sex with a bagel." And Peter's like, "Butter's in the fridge." <laughs> that reminds me. That reminds me of uh, the league when uh, they had an episode with uh, Seth Rogen and uh, Dirty Randy and, Dir- and Dirty Randy, yeah, Dirty Randy, and what's the other character's name? I'm drawn a blank. Me too. I, I, I haven't came up- seen it. But uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, they, they, they turned into porn directors, so that's oh, okay. pretty much the same, probably yes. the same thing. But but anyway, this sandwich, was it was a Cuban sandwich. I don't. I can't give any other details on it, really. It was, what's the cheese that they melted on that thing? I don't know which cheese they, they were melting on there, but it was a semolina loaf. That they had prosciutto la- layered on with homemade pickles that they were slicing and put on a little bit of brown mustard, and then they were um, had this like portable salamander. Yeah, that they were melting a half round of cheese underneath, so they would yeah, melt. Yeah, Justin was telling me, and the, like they would run it through and then like scrape the right, top and off then they would scrape the melty layer off, and then, and then no, and then they would switch it to the other half. So they would so once they took one half out, they would switch it to the other half, so it would start melting. And then they would scrape it off. So they basically took a round of cheese and right, and just chopped it in half. And then they just kept bouncing back and forth between the round between the halves, dude. And it was so so amazingly good. So just to set the scene for everybody, I go up there. I'm wearing like I'm off from work, so for like weeks, I'm wearing a hoodie. I've barely shaved. You know, I look like your standard you know scrub going to a beer event, right? And I'm looking around and I'm like, fuck me, there's some people wearing sport coats. Like, <laughs> there's some ties around yeah. yeah it was it was you know there was a mix of people and i, I definitely underdressed for the event but it was okay i had so, paint on my jeans so yeah e- <laughs> everybody was going to get pick up these whether you were wearing a sport coat or you looked like me was going to pick up this thing from brew cheese i kept trying to get it and i would get there and they would just be out and they would just be out and i finally got one and i'm like oh my god and i must have gone back three times yeah it was in- absolutely incredible and then I think the other thing that I really enjoyed was the uh, there were some braised short ribs that they put on top of a, of a savory bread pudding. Yes, um, that was a nice counterpoint to like have a savory bread pudding as your starch underneath uh, short braised short ribs, which I thought was really cool. It does sound tasty. Um, but I got um, I got to say that the most important part about this whole event was that it was there to support uh, Island Harvest and what was the other. Uh, charity. I'm gonna try to pull it up. I honestly, that one was really interesting. They were from Manhattan, right. and they and they what they did was go to restaurants. They had volunteers that went to restaurants, right? Picked up um, food that was totally edible that wasn't used, and brought it to shelters. And well, I'm that, definitely gonna get their info. What Island Harvest does too, right? Right, but Island Harvest also does a lot of work with grocery stores. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I know being a grocery, I see their trucks pull up all the time, and They'll collect um, near date produce, right, bread right. that's got a couple days left, you know, 
um, near date, pretty much any grocery item. Yeah, th- things to- that are the. They're not going to sell anymore because the customers can be like, "That's too close to the date." Right, exactly. But are still, you know, Perfectly completely edible, sa- compo- yeah. completely safe and edible. And um, Island Harvest does a lot of great work. Um, and we'll make sure that we put a link to them. We definitely, we definitely will. And the, the, what was interesting to me about the other charity, and I feel terrible that I can't remember the, uh, the the name of it. I will if I can't get it right now. I'll I'll put it in the show notes. Right. Is that there was a really easy way? If you, like if I wanted to volunteer, I could. Um, find out what restaurants were available online and sign up online to pick it up. Like it was very, very simple for you to to be able to to participate and give back. And I I'd mentioned this to to them when I while I was there. I hate waste. I hate creating garbage. And every time I eat out at a restaurant and I don't finish what I have, I always think about that. You know, yeah. like it's this is getting thrown out. How many other people are doing this today? Mm-hmm. And obviously they're not taking the food that's been on somebody's plate and thrown out. Yeah, but this is a way that. You know any any mise en place or anything else that's been made right. can get you can get used rather than being thrown out and you know obviously it's it, it's a, it's something that's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, so I got to um the folks from Beer Loves Company, Kevin and what's his Alicia Alicia yes yeah um big kudos to them they did a great job putting together a nice event rescuing at, leftover cuisine I just gotten it too yes yeah. rescuing leftover cuisine. So, Rescue Leftover Cuisine, we will link to them as well. Yes. And if uh, here in this, as we you know get into the holiday season and you feel the need to do something kind to help out some neighbors, I'm sure that they will uh, take any charitable donation you would like to make. Absolutely. So, it was a really cool event. And from talking to Kevin, he's looking forward to doing it again. Yeah, they're um just to, to give people a little background. They they have a website, sociallyconsciousbeer.com, and I know that they're planning on doing more events like this that are beer related that right. that showcase charity. And we'll make sure that you know, no matter you know if you if you want to know about it, we'll be tweeting about those things. It's it's really cool, and uh, I can really tell in talking to them that it was important. This was not just a, a way for them to just run an event. This no, was well, very very important to them, and it was it was it was very very touching. It was a nice event, um, especially nice being indoors in a kind of fancy place too. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, uh, not that a Melville Marriott's <laughs> the fanciest place in the world, but compared to uh, uh, the a field tent, at Heckscher, yeah, a tent outside the you know in a field in Heckscher, it's definitely a world away. So, take care of them if you uh, you know you you see those charities, give to them kindly, and it's just a uh, fantastic way to uh, support Long Island. Yes. So I think that uh, just about wraps it up, guys. You got anything else? Nope. No, I just hope uh, you know that uh, I'll be, or at the very least, I should be able to make the next one. Being that uh, we're not having any more children, so okay, there we go. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, so cheers to no more children. No Yay. more children. Cheers. cheers. Bye, everybody. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage, and Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow, or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.